This is Tom. This is Jake. And this is Travis. And we are the Drunken Dork Podcast. Tune in every week and listen to us discuss the finer points on superheroes, the latest pop culture news, as well as all of our favorite blues. You can listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or the Stitcher app for Android. And be sure to catch up on all of our episodes by visiting us over at www.drunkendorkpodcast.wordpress.com. And remember, folks, you have one liver. Ruin it well. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. I also command that you keep listening to Adrian Has Issues. Welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian, and today I'm having so much fun already talking to today's guest. I met her, well, actually, it's funny. I saw her at Special Edition, but didn't actually talk to her until my girlfriend and I met her at Eternal Con, which was out in Long Island. She's an artist, a really awesome artist, has worked on some really great books. Uh, let's see, Fight Like a Girl, you probably heard of, Liquid City, Dim Sum Warriors, and you actually have a new project you're working on that you hinted at Eternal Con, but I don't know if you've made a full-fledged announcement yet, but hopefully we can get some information on that. But ladies and gentlemen, Sue Lee, everybody. Sue, how are you? Hi there. Thank you for having me, Adrian, and it was Really nice meeting you guys. Likewise, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through my horrible uh, pad thai story. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm worried about you and the pad thai, you know? So it's completely okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should, like I said, I think we should be fine, and anybody knows the best way to quell any upset stomach is with copious amounts of beer. I think so. Maybe, but I'm not a really big beer drinker. All right, so what is your weapon of choice, and if anything? I gotta say, I'd like margaritas or brown liquor. Okay, so you and my girlfriend probably get along then because she is like the margarita <laughs> queen. I get to have that margarita that this is it. This is the drink. I guess for some reason I can never get past the salt thing. Oh, I always say no salt. And I actually prefer my margaritas over ice and not as a slush. Oh. Very picky. Now, does that break some sort of like margarita mandate? Like, is that against code or how does that work exactly? I don't know, but... I guess I'm just used to it because majority of the bars I go to, they only serve it that way. And I tell them specifically no salt. So it all works out. I know some places, you know, like they'll actually just use regular table salt. But I know there's a particular salt. I guess it's more of like the larger grain like that. Almost, It almost looks like rock salt that would use to defrost like a driveway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You don't, you don't want to drink that. No. No, I don't think that's what they're <laughs> okay. using. But it's funny because I'm that person who every so often when I will get a margarita and I'm out. I'm that person that's picking off the salt, and the bartender's looking at me like, what are you, some kind of idiot? I'm like, no, I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to ask specifically, no salt. But I'm the person who goes to, like, McDonald's and says, like, no ice, and there's double ice, so... <laughs> They're just fighting you now. Right? I just give up. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you don't like salt? Well, I'm going to pour some salt in your margarita. Oh, my God. Oh, that? I just got nauseous again. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. I'm so sorry. Okay, interview over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Okay, bye.
okay, totally kidding. We should probably come back. And I'm like, wow, that was the shortest <laughs> okay. show ever. Yeah. So one thing I always like to ask, and sometimes I usually wait till the end of the show to do it, but I, I think at this time, because we really didn't get a chance to talk much at Eternal Con, so I never really got a chance to really get to know you. So where does it all start for you? Like, what was the moment that you picked up a pen that's like, drawing's the shit? Well, huh. See, whenever someone asks me about myself, I draw a blank. <laughs> what has the past few years of my life been like? I have no idea. Uh, no. You know, I've always enjoyed drawing or creating art. Okay. And, I mean, I've dedicated, actually, I've dedicated majority of my life to comics and art because I went to a specialized art high school and then I also went to a private art high school. I mean, art college. Oh, cool. So you've pretty much been, like, in it from the very beginning. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you flip-flop ideas of what you want to be when you grow up. You're like, oh, I guess I'm going to be a doctor, right? Because you want to make a lot of money. Um, actually, uh, I didn't get into my college of choice the first time, and I got so depressed. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to be a mortician. And then applied for, yeah, I had, I was like super close to getting a meningitis shot because that's mandatory. (laughs) (laughs) And then I met a teacher. He's such a wonderful guy. uh, Tom Hart. He kind of gave me a second chance. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to play with dead bodies. But that is a weird jump. <laughs> I'm like, now, was the mortician thing, was that something you were always interested in? Or was it just one of those things that, like, you were just so upset? Like, I want to do the total opposite <laughs> of the thing that I was going to. Gothic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? No, I was always interested in, you know, science and forensics and autopsy technicians I thought were super interesting. Oh, okay. And I'm not really squeamish. So I figured, hey, what's something that makes a lot of money and is a job that, you know, people need, right? Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't think morticians or, like, for instance, I don't think they ever go out of business because as screwed up as it is to say, people constantly are dying. (laughs) Business is a booming. (laughs) That's a terrible joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) But yeah, I was very close, and then I was like, no, never mind, I'm going to be a comic artist. <laughs> See, I would imagine, like, you know, your early works were kind of like the best of both worlds, or like, or kind of like CSI, but not quite like the TV version, but a slightly more, I guess, graphic version. I mean, I would love to make comics like that, you know? That would be really cool, because to tell you the truth, I don't think you get a lot of that. Because it usually goes like supernatural horror, or like gore, but you know, there's no one ever really does a comic about like a forensic pathologist or something like that. <laughs> something super boring, right? <laughs> I don't think it would be boring at all. Like, I'd imagine it, it'd be like a slightly more hip version of Quincy. I've never seen Quincy before. Ah, I mean, by today's standards, it's probably terrible, <laughs> but I watched a lot of CV as a kid, so I'm like, what yeah. do you mean you haven't seen Quincy? That show is amazing. I do like the detective aspect, you know? And I'm really into paranormal shows and topics. So I would love to do like a X-Files kind of thing, but also in the vein of, um, what's that show? Oh no, is it uh, um, Kojak? With the, the one Telly Savala's bald dude, Lollipop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's Kojak. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the best signifier is, is he bald? Do you have a Lollipop? Then it's always is Kojak. He, but, is he bald? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That would be something really cool, though, because I I will say, though, as far as when it comes to storytelling, like, I'm so 
not that I'm necessarily a baby, but I've kind of realized I'm easily frightened. So anything dealing with the paranormal, like, and I'll oh, really? sit there and watch <laughs> this stuff, like, you know, like on ID or maybe some other channel where it's like, even like those dumb shows, like those ghost hunter shows where it's like them and like a GoPro <laughs> and like someone trips over something and the next you know, they're running out of the house screaming. And you're like <laughs> screaming with them. <laughs> right. Cause I'm like, what if they saw something that they can't capture on camera? That's the beauty of paranormal investigation. So I really would like to do something like that. Very very cool. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Kolchak. Oh. Not Kojak. Okay. Kolchak. Okay, that's something completely different then. So wait, which <laughs> one was Kolchak then? Kolchak is the paranormal detective. Okay, but he's not like Kojak. He's not like telling us with the lollipop and he's no, like no, no, hunting no, no. ghosts. <laughs> no, I know who that is too, but <laughs> yeah, he's like the ghost hunter version. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Kolchak. I feel no, like I've really true. let down my culture uh background no no don't worry about it like how long ago was this catch up now it was in the 70s mid to late so oh my god people are gonna listen and just like beat me up (laughs) i'm also a terrible pop culture trivia expert (laughs) that's okay well i i did nothing but stare at a tv screen for most of my childhood and it's been okay okay i just actually googled it now because it's always (laughs) fun to google things right on your own podcast absolutely so uh kolchak the night stalker why don't i i know what it is because it's probably supernatural we probably wouldn't have watched a lot of this in our house growing up (laughs) that makes a lot of sense yeah um i mean i'm not necessarily the most uh religiously inclined person but i know you know growing up like my mom said my grandmother there were like there were certain things like i mean like hell not hellraiser well that one too but like exorcist yeah didn't play much (laughs) i i i I totally understand. It, my mom was like a complete liberal, so we watched the most awful things together. So that's how I grew up. <laughs> as long as it, things dealing with you know supernatural, maybe occasionally like demonic possession, that stuff was weird. But like as a child, they were totally okay with me like watching like every '80s action movie. Like I could watch a guy you know get gunned down to the point like in RoboCop where his limbs were falling off. <laughs> but as long as you know there's there's no devil in it, it was okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Back in those days, there weren't really much in the way of babysitters. When my dad went to the movies, we just went with them. And it's like, well, there's no one really to stay and watch. Unless it was something that was so out of the way that, you know, we couldn't watch it at all. But my dad went to go see Die Hard. Sure, I'll go with him. Like, I don't know. Why is this guy jumping off of this building? Why is he barefoot? What's going on? <laughs> right. You're too young to even process what's happening. I mean, I watched Ichi the Killer with my mom when I was, like, a kid. And that movie is wow. Yeah, no, I have a very liberal family. So if you don't mind me asking, like, how old were you at this time, though? Because I didn't watch that until much later, and even I was kind of, like, shielding my eyes at times. Um, I was like, well, here's the thing. When I was really young, you know, in my neighborhood, I live in, you know, Queens, New York. Okay. And growing up here, there's there's a lot of um, Asian neighborhoods, and we had a lot of Asian uh, video rental stores. And it's like... A very specific culture, you know, you go in there, you know, the people, they, you have a number, you know, and you rent a DVD. I mean, I'm sorry, not a VHS, right? And then we would just like rent a whole bunch of like a month's worth of videos. And then we would just like pick the most action packed things. And so I must have been like, I want to say like around 10. Like, I don't even know how old I am now. It's like, I want to say I was like 10 or something like that. You know, I don't know. I, don't, I might be making it up. I have no idea. <laughs> That's kind of the age where you're a little bit more aware of that sort of thing. So it's not right. like you're like uh, like a baby watching Ichi the Killer. So I'm like, at this point, you're like, yeah. all right, I kind of know or what's like going on. like old boy, you know? 
Oh, oh my god, that movie. When that, yeah, when that came out, Korean people were like, yes. Now, when did that come out? Because I didn't watch that until like I just graduated high school, so that was, let's say, 2004? Super, yeah, super early 2000s. Yeah, very early 2000s. That was a movie my best friend um, at a uh, music store, and the guys that he worked with, the one that's particularly... He was very big into, you know, horror movies and cult movies and especially anything that the more obscure, the better. So, of course, people have been talking about this old boy. It's like, all right, fine, we'll rent it. (laughs) So we're watching it. And I know a lot of people had watched it and got repulsed. I wasn't repulsed, but it was just like I just couldn't look away because up until this point, I had never seen a movie that was like this. And I've never seen anything like it since. Really? You don't think so? It was, oh, I'm going to have to expose you to a lot more. Yeah, because I'm not going to lie. I, I'm very, like, unfortunately, you know, I grew up, like, most people who grew up in the 70s, you know, my parents then was like, all right, you know, we'll watch martial arts movies, but in terms of, like, other cinema, especially, like, a lot of thrillers and other things, I'm very lacking in. So if there's any recommendations you have, please absolutely throw them my way, because I'm always looking for new things to watch. Oh, absolutely. I have a whole bunch. I specifically love Asian movies a lot because they don't conform to a lot of what American absolutely not storytelling is like, you know, and it's even weirder, the better, you know? Yeah, like there were a few that I watched. Like I know there was on um, what was the one that was pretty fun? A monster movie, The Host. That was fun. Oh, the one with the uh, the the Kraken like thing. Yeah. You know, my mom loved it and I hated it. Really? So what was your <laughs> yeah. beef with the, with the host? I thought it was really like cheesy. I thought that was kind of the point. Like I don't oh, know. Was it? I could. Uh. I just say that because I just that's my defense for it. Because I don't know if it was ever that. I will say though, the ending of that movie just ruined me because it was another one of those things that one thing I do love about any foreign cinema is they do not give a crap. Like if a story is gonna have a down ending, it's gonna be that. Like if this like you know kid that you would root for this entire time is gonna get killed they will do that they won't shy away from that kind of thing and then at the oh, last yeah. minute where everybody's safe and there's a happy ending absolutely what what do you call that kill your darlings right yes yeah yeah absolutely oh, i believe in that hardcore everyone has to have a bad ending <laughs> <laughs> and it hurts my feelings it should it really should <laughs> it really should because um what was um the, the line from clerks where dante's like and that's all life is a series of down endings <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it true, though? It is, and it's just, I guess there's some people who watch movies, like my best friend, he watches things for escapism. So it's like, you know, the the more outlandish, and even if it has a happy ending, you know, it's like, okay, this thing clearly can't exist in real life, but, you know, it's a nice little escape. You know, unfortunately, me, I look at my DVD collection, like, my movies are depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Some people, like, they have all the Bill Murray stuff from, like, you know, Stripes and Ghostbusters and Scrooge. No, mine, it's all, like, lost in translation and, like, broken flowers. It was just... (laughs) (laughs) No, because people can connect to other humans when there is a travesty. Or tragedy, tragedy, right? No, I think travesty also works in this case. Travesty, too? Yeah, you know, I'm not not good with words. I just draw, you know? No. Yeah, like, there's so many other movies, like, I will will say the one thing I got hooked on for a long time was Korean soap operas. Oh, yeah. I don't know what channel it was, but we had cable at one point, or it wasn't even cable, it was, like, a PBS-type station, I guess, that also would just simulcast, like, uh, Korean broadcasting, so, like, on, like, weeknights, my sister and I would sit there and just watch Korean soaps, and I'm like, you know what, I never want to watch Young and the Restless ever again. (laughs) 
Korean soap operas are amazing. They're almost as good as like the telenovelas like on Univision where it's not enough that, you know, you have like this love triangle, like there's there's fights, there's helicopter <laughs> chases, like there's there's special effects. And like, I feel like at one point there was also a lightsaber duel. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I haven't seen that I one. I think I might have been making <laughs> that up. Maybe but, I should. <laughs> but the point is, like, there's just, there's very little that they won't do in order to tell a story. And I guess as someone who loves a medium like comic books where comics are, you know, they don't always have to necessarily adhere to general storytelling. I mean, as long as the story is compelling and it's, it shouldn't necessarily restrict you by, it's like, okay, it has to have this type of ending. It has to have this type of thing. So why not then just go the extra mile and just step a little out of your comfort zone? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. No one is forced to conform to a certain way in comics. And that's the beauty of comics. I, I see I see comics as like a medium like movies or a book, you know, right. you can really fall deep into it and it can be very serious, but it's true. I feel like I can connect more with the stories that actually have really sad endings, <laughs> which I know I'm... I say in a very serious tone. <laughs> but now that I'm wondering, because um, I know we met you at the um, Eternal Con you were just kind of, you had just released prints of a book you're working on hysterics right yeah so now of course knowing what i know and i'm like okay how de- how depressing is this ending going to be well actually we probably should before we even get into that though i'm sorry <laughs> like i probably should do a better job of telling my listeners okay so what is hysterics about hysterics is a comic about bad people it's just your anti-hero story just with females. Awesome. So how bad are we talking? We're we talking like warriors type, you know, street gangs, or are we talking like international crime bosses? See, I haven't talked about this comic in a while. So now I'm just like trying to gather my thoughts. I'm so professional. <laughs> it's about a gang of women who just don't want to work for other people anymore. Okay. And who decide to do it on their own. But just like any anti-hero story, instead of going the good route, you know, and doing hard work and, you know, making making life better, they decide to stick with what they know, being bad people. So they become this group. They're known as the Jackals, and they have uh, the same costumes on to kind of indicate that they are one. It's three girls, but no one, no one knows who they are, so they have a secret identity. Nobody even knows they're women. So I kind of wanted to give them this uh, mysterious quality to them. Also, their masks are kind of scary to give them a non-gendered bias. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like very, like, I guess, kind of anarchistic sort of an anything goes vibe, you would say. Right. So they are doing, you know, typical bad guy things like robbing, stealing, but they also have a very um, outlandish quality to them. So they thrive on the uh, the publicity that they get, and they want to make a big name for themselves. It's kind of like a small company going big, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're diversifying, so we're just going to be like these awful people, and they just get notoriety for it. Right. And I'm trying to, you know, because I love anti-hero stories in general. They are some of my favorites, I will agree. Right. So you... the beauty of it is that you are actually um, rooting for the bad guys. You want them to do good and you want them to keep doing good as bad people, right? So I was like, you know, I really enjoy those things, but how come I can never relate to them because they're not women? If that makes any sense at all? It's a lot of the guys dominating that kind of subject matter. 
Right, because I'd imagine there's that there's plenty of stories of antiheroes and and let's be honest, a lot of them and this is gonna sound so bad, but you know, a lot of them portrayed in media is usually white males as antiheroes. Mm-hmm. So you rarely see too many times of, let's say, women or people of color doing that very same thing. Because I feel like, in a way, doing that, I, I don't think they are put under that same lens. There aren't too many to shoot. That's right. Because now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, you have you know your rogues, like, let's say, Batman. You have your Harley Quinn types. But yeah, I guess that is something I'd never realized. There really is a dearth of like female antiheroes. Yeah, and I'm trying to focus on how, like, how I see people. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not a perfect empath, you know, like where I can like gauge how people are. I'm not, you know, but I feel like I would like to create my own world where how I see women as or how the potential of, you know, what women can be. And they're not just uh, bound by certain tropes like, oh, what is your horrible backstory? Oh, I lost a baby or something, you know, like I can't relate to that. So, you know, like, I, I don't have, I, I don't think that's, like, an interesting enough, you know, bad backstory. Like, Batman, for instance, like you were saying, you know, he lost his family, right? Right. So he becomes Batman. Well, these women, their bad histories have to do with their, well, bad guy choices, you know? Like, they were always criminals. So I wanted them to be relatable and real and not be, you know, like, bound by these very typical ideals. Right, because a lot of times you're right, because in a lot of stories you're like, okay, a character becomes bad, like I said, because they, you know, they either lost a child or went through, like, a bad relationship. So is it really that unbelievable to just have a story like, well, no, these people are just this because they enjoy it. Right. Like, some people are just bad people. Right, Right. and there's something very liberating about that is the fact that, Sometimes things don't always have to have these sort of complicated reasonings for why they are. They just are. Right. Right. Actually, for one of the characters, I created a backstory about um, how she began her, you know, criminal background. And she was just exposed to it, you know, like a lot of bad guys in real life. They're just exposed to it because it was their, you know, neighborhoods or their family. Right. Right. And so they're like, this is all they know. And instead of being a good person, why not just be better at what you know, right? <laughs> and you can't, and you know, as someone who grew up being taught that whatever you do in life, whether you're going to be the best person in the world or the worst person in the world, at least do it to the best of your ability, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, A for effort. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, what? it makes all the, because you, you, you never want to half step in anything that you do. So I'm like, shoot, if you're going to go out of your way to, I don't know, be a criminal, well, you might as well be an efficient one. Absolutely. I don't think that's what my parents meant necessarily, but. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> that's how you're going to take it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Dad, as I go and rob this bank. Yeah, right. Um, no, but like every bad, you know, like every anti-hero story, it's always going to be a bad ending, right? Bad people can't get away with what they do. But can they? Why not? I feel like, (laughs) right, but it's not realistic if they did, you know what I mean? I guess, I guess so, yeah. They had it coming, you know? So it's like, how interesting can I make it to that point of their demise? (laughs) Oh, see? Oh, that's great, because I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh, wow, you actually just hit me with that for a second. Because now (laughs) this goes, because I'm thinking to myself, okay, the twist is going to be that they're just going to keep on doing this. Like, there is no down ending to this, but, I mean, you've already teased the fact that, okay, it's not going to end well, but now i got to figure out how. Oh, you're good at this. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I think I am. I'm not too sure yet, though. (laughs) Look, I mean, I read your other, uh, the book you worked on, Fight Like a Girl. So, I mean, I I know the art's going to be amazing. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have, I mean, Fight Like a Girl has been a lot, you know, it's been a kind of an old project. So I think I've definitely grew uh, style-wise. All right. So, but again, then this is the first book that you've also written, correct? Yes, all by myself. So at this point, when approaching a story, was it just a matter of, you know, you just had this story that was brewing for a very long time? Or was it just something that you just decided one day, you know what, why don't I just make my own story? I've, I mean, I've always wanted to make my own story, you know. Uh, it's, it's definitely harder, but I've had the idea brewing for a while, and it just took me years to actually put it down on paper. You know, you're just, like, on the subway, and you're like, oh, yeah, this character can be like this. And then, like, the next day, you're just, like, eating lunch, and you're just like, okay, well, maybe this could, hap- this could happen to that character. So it was a lot of that. <laughs> and then I finally decided, you know what, I'll just do it. Why not? You know? It's like your head is literally like, uh, hello, Sue, uh, why don't you just write all this down? Like, do something with this. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I don't know. Does anybody else have that thing where just writers, where you just, where when you're coming up with a story or a concept, you have to almost yell at yourself to just get it done? I know. It's 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 easier if you you know didn't have like juggling jobs and all that, right? But you know, sometimes it's good to just like just push yourself and just do it. Because then, I mean, you're not going to fall in love with the first draft, anyways. So you just have to keep writing it and rewriting it. I mean, I wrote this so much. So many times, I was like, my I was getting dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you weren't trying to do each draft in one sitting, were you? <laughs> no, 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 no. I would have been dead then. She's like, after my thirtieth margarita, I finally came to. Yeah, right. <laughs> my third unsalted margarita. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot unsalted. <laughs> unsalted. Please. Like you, you were just so far gone at this point. You're like, you know what? I'm just gonna put salt on this. I don't care anymore. Yeah, right? I was just like, I'm numb anyways. <laughs> what, what else is salt going to do? <laughs> it's like after coming to Hysterics was born. So are, are you self-publishing this one, or is this going through like another house? At the moment, it's just with by myself. Uh, I actually, for New York Comic Con, uh, I have a limited edition black and white version. Oh. Yeah, and then afterwards, I'm going to color it, and then I'm going to try to put it out digitally for like the same price or even less uh because you know for whoever already has the issues they've already read it now you just get like a color bonus and then um see what i can do to uh actually print the colored version and then just keep going from there i I really can't wait for that that sounds really exciting and i've been trying to steal eileen's prints for it because i know we bought one at each other (laughs) times i'm gonna have that she's like no like and i'm like please so i'm just like well you know i wish I wish you could have come to the show. Then I would have said, you know, I'll definitely give you a free one. <laughs> Huzzah. I'm like, well, at least one of us will hopefully be there. <laughs> yeah, I'll reserve some copies for you Sweet. guys. So, anything else you're working on? Any other pet projects? Or right now, like, you're pretty much just, like, embroiled in hysterics. Wow, that sounded mean. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm, re- I'm a loser. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> no, um, I'm having... I have a few projects that I can't talk about yet. I'm working on a few pitches. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, I'm really confident about it because I'm not the one writing it. uh, But I do believe in the writing and I think it's going to be good. But I have a few stuff lined up. Then I actually have another idea of another comic that I want to do in between hysterics and other stuff. And a day job, you know? <laughs> day job? What is this day job you speak of? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, the thing that pays bills. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we 
You don't need those. Are you kidding me? Like we're in the industry. Like you know, it's just uh, yeah. <laughs> it gets it daydream, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, actually, I was watching Black Mass. Everybody's been talking could... about this. I need to get on this train. Don't. No. You don't need to. I'm a really harsh critic, by the way. I just want everyone to to know. <laughs> I don't know if you should you know, take my criticism seriously, okay. but I am a very harsh critic. Um, I didn't like Black Mass at all. Like, in fact, half it was so long and drawn out. I just started daydreaming about a comic idea because I was like, okay, you know, I started questioning a lot of things on Black Mass, and. Then I started thinking about, you know that show Narcos? Yeah, everybody's been, that's another one that's on my queue. <laughs> that's good. I cannot wait for the second Everybody's season. been talking I about love. this, and I feel like no one's talked about a show this much since, like, I would say maybe Daredevil, like the first season of Orange is the New Black. And it's like, you know, this many people are saying something, there's a quite possibility they may be right. It's No, it's, it's so good. Although, I gotta say, I don't know if anyone else has been saying it, but there's a lot of intense real-life gore imagery. So if you're not really, you know, too okay with that, Tread carefully. Oh, see, I was know? gonna be like Gore. Now I gotta watch this, and that just makes me sound like a horrible human being. No, 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 it's fine. If you have a, you know, if you have an iron stomach, I guess you know. <laughs> but there is real imagery of Gore. Just want everyone who hasn't watched it to know. <laughs> okay, thanks for the disclaimer because I would have been like, kids, watch welcome, Narcos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, and it's a lot of a lot of sexy scenes too. No, no, that's oh, not see, those are two hundred. <laughs> see, again, you sold me on this. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, actually. I'm kind of like a prude. Like I don't enjoy <clears throat> sex and violence in a sitting. Like something about it, just like I don't, I don't particularly enjoy. But Narcos is so good. It kind of just like okay, it kind of works, I guess. You know. Well, I mean, everything is everything in context. I mean, I mean, there are some right. movies where it's might as well just be okay after this really you know rough hardcore uh, sex scene. You know, someone gets like their head blown off. I'm like, no, not <laughs> not for me. There. Like, there has to be some sort of context to it, and it's just. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't think there really was a Narcos. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to throw him a bone, and it just turns out, nope, it's exactly what you think it is. But it's so good. I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> no, okay, so I was watching Black Mass, and it really disappointed me. And I was like, wow, this is taking too long to end. <laughs> and then so I was thinking about Narcos, uh, because I know you didn't see Black Mass, but there's like a scene with a wife, you know, and then I started thinking about Narcos and their wives. And then I was like, you know, these, like, bad guys always has, always have, has, I don't know, English. Anyways, <laughs> have, like, a backbone, which is usually, like, their wife or their mother or some kind of female counterpart, right? Right. But they never make a story about that. You know what I mean? Like, you only see them through their eyes or, like, yeah, you can tell in Narcos those women are very strong characters. And that's what I also really enjoy about Narcos is that these women are, like, serious. You know, they they might be even worse than the bad guys. Okay, so they're not necessarily, like, that forced moral compass where, like, every scene they're in, no. it's like they're falling no. over. It's like, please give up this life. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So... I really like that. And then I was like, you know, I think I'm going to make a story about the women, you know, about a woman in this kind of life. And I started thinking about, you know, how 
like who who am I gonna make it about? How am I gonna make it about? I think I'm gonna make it about uh, Korean gangsters because you don't really get to read anything about Korean gangsters. At I know all. it's cliche, but shut up and take my money. <laughs> no, but it's true. I love gangster movies. Yes. Like, I love gangster movies, but I love Korean gangster movies even more because it is so relatable it's just like kind of like the men are ugly but they're super charming you know (laughs) it has this like really gaudy tone to it but it's like so dramatic yeah and and, like the way they talk is disgusting you know it's like so good to me like i I really they almost make organized crime look cool yeah but it's super hyper violent, you know. Well, I mean, again, that goes without saying. I mean, usually in the case of, <laughs> like, to tell you the truth, as a kid, we grew up watching like a lot of classic movies, you know, like your gangster right. movies, but not like a lot of Cagney and stuff like that. And you know, those were cool. I've always enjoyed those, like more so than they probably should have. But then no, growing no. up, and you watch like a lot of you know Far East action movies, like especially from like either Korea or Japan. Yeah. And then, like, you watch those crime movies, and you're like, <laughs> you're James like, Cagney's a punk compared to these guys. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's actually a few really good Korean movies that actually talk about females in in that in that industry, I guess. Um, there's a movie called um, My Gangster Wife. I think it's the American title. I'm writing it down as you say this. Google it right now. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's like a, a comedy about a, um, a woman. Actually, there's like a sequel, you know, like three part of sequel. It's not as good as the original. Few things but, are. Uh, it's about a woman who is like this secret, huge crime Lord, you know, of a gangst, like of a gang. And she's like the boss and she has like this big tattoo in her back, but she like, wants to be this loving housewife to her husband and he has no idea what she does really yeah so it's funny you know but she is the gangster boss you know like so i really enjoyed that like my mom and i watched it when i was a kid and we loved it so there's something like but that's a comedy you know like i want to make a serious version also a strong female like villain character like Sympathy for Lady Vengeance is another one you should watch. I have watched that one. I think I watched yeah. one of them. Was there more than one part to that one? or No, it's it's just another title. Sympathy for... Because I think Mr. I saw Vengeance. one for... I think it was Lady Vengeance. I don't remember if Sympathy was in the title or not. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't... I, I'm bad with names sometimes, and it's funny. Like I... No, that's okay. But yeah, so I was thinking of uh, making a comic with a... A female lead who is kind of like um oh what do you call that the people that's under the wings of like a leader you know someone that you take into your arms and groom into this life um let's see i know henchman's a classic one apprentice underling like an like an underling but you know like a romantic underling because that's usually how it happens right <laughs> so kind of like she starts like that and then takes over and she becomes this like threatening like entity you know i can dig that because i will say though um i don't know if you watched orange is the new black at all yeah like red was by far like one of her favorite characters on that entire show and especially was that like season one where like they go to those snippets of her backstory where it's like she was like the wife of the crime boss and then eventually she just started running the show herself 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think she she was associating. Oh, she was associating. Yes. Yeah, yeah, with the Russian gang. Yeah, and then eventually, she's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, we're gonna make money and all that. Yeah, so she's the one who started it, right? Right, but it was just it was just so very cool how that kind of worked out. And it's, you know what? It's something that you you don't see much, and I think it needs to be seen because it's one of those things that I don't think people realize they're missing on certain things until they actually see it for themselves. You know, like that right. that great story that you didn't know you were looking for. <laughs> right. No, definitely. I'm all about that. So hopefully, uh, we hear more about that soon. Uh, maybe not soon, but I am. I'm gonna put it down in pen and paper. You know, just scribble it out first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as we know, all the best uh, stories come from scribbles. I think Harry Potter even started that way. So, well, I don't know if it's going to be as big as Harry Potter, but I do appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> you never know. I mean, who knows? What if like the next like cultural phenomenon, like kids and families and like churchgoers alike, for some reason, like this this Korean uh, gangster story, it, for, it just unites <laughs> them all. Like weirder things have happened. <laughs> It's the thing that started everything, like, Korean gangster. Like I've seen <laughs> relative like housewife types talk about how great Narcos is. So it's like, okay, you know, some of these things just end up translating. You never know. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I just want to make stories, you know, like good stories, but also a lot of females don't get represented enough. And if so, they're always like a good character. Like I like strong female women, but... You know, they don't always have to be good people. You can also look up to the bad ones as well, you know? Yeah, well, I've always grown up with Does the whole thing. Does that sound weird? <laughs> no, because <laughs> not everybody needs to be a role model, but in a way, you could still maybe take something from the fact that maybe they're not. Right, like, right, exactly. Even if women were represented, uh, represented they don't have to be good. So, I don't know. I guess it's a thing like sort of owning your own destiny. Like, whether your character is going to be good or bad or indifferent, they're mm-hmm. in charge of their own destiny and are not necessarily beholden to whether it be another person, especially not another male. Right. So, again, I, I think that that carries, and maybe it's not necessarily the same voice of empowerment that you would get, like, with a common superhero, but mm-hmm. it's still... There is something strangely positive that you could take from it. I mean, the, right. the, the message the message isn't necessarily to go rob banks and kill people, oh, right. but but they can if they yes, want to. Yes, explore your options. <laughs> if you're gonna do something, you better do it all the way. It's like just don't rob and or kill me. Right? Yes, that's guys. Don't do that. <laughs> A message from Sue and Adrian. Yes. Uh, <laughs> don't watch Narcos if you don't like dead bodies, and don't rob and kill people. I mean, the name That's of the show it. alone, there's nothing pleasant about the show's title, so it's like, okay. Oh. Once you find out that it was like a, a, a show about, like, you know, drug kingpins, I'm like, you, you kind of know what you're getting in for. Yeah, right? I mean... That's what we talked about a lot today. Just uh... yeah, like the, the worst of the worst. <laughs> the worst of the worst. It's like so soon, do you do any philanthropy work? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, <laughs> if I wasn't a mortician, you know. <laughs> oh man, that's just so weird to me because, like, I don't know. Like, I could consider myself not squeamish. I don't know if I can deal with dead bodies on a regular basis. That's true. It is literally on a regular basis. Yeah, that's all. That's you have one job. That's you. That's right. You literally have one but job. See, again, but I, I read too many but things. You get used to it. You get used to it. I think. You think so? Yeah, I've heard some stories. Oh, okay, so I was listening to a podcast, 
and one of the hosts uh, practiced uh, medicine and was uh, dealing with dead bodies. And he said when he was in school, what happens is you expel gases when you're dead. And so it, it sounds like you're moving or you're breathing. Oh, no. See that? Yeah. No. <laughs> and he got so scared he vomited. That sounds like, right. about right, but I, I can't you not. <laughs> Every so often I'll be reading something online or like one of those like weird news stories where like it's somebody's funeral or like they're like in the, the on a slab and they put them in the freezer and it turns out they're alive and they start kicking at the door. No, that would ruin me. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that's that's different. You know, they're not that's traumatic. But these like this, you have to think in a very medical sense. I think you kind of, you disassociate yourself with it. Okay, I guess you can say that. Yeah, you don't take it home with you or anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you do, but, you know. <laughs> well, you don't take the body <laughs> no, home with you. No, no. <laughs> it's like, it's okay yeah. if I prep this one at home, you know, I feel like close up early tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I think most of them live in the same building. <laughs> like, it's right downstairs. So you're sleeping with dead bodies. <laughs> oh, see, I'm imagining someone just obviously just examining this body, like taking up hearts while they're watching Narcos while, enjo- yeah, right? while enjoying a, a saltless margarita. <laughs> they're like, oh, I have to finish this embalming session, but I have to watch the next episode. <laughs> what is Escobar going to do next? That rascal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And there, of course, you find out it's the wrong body. Like the person's well alive, no, and you start. You're like, oh man, <laughs> oh god, that's not funny. That's not funny. No, it's no. hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> We're bad people. Well, you know what? I, I, for a very long time, I grew up, and I know my my sister. She's definitely big. I was to show ID, where it's like a lot of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's all, you know, terrible murders and just people behaving badly. And I'm sorry. Like, I know it's based on true events and it's harrowing. But at the same time, there's just a strange satisfaction of knowing, okay, nobody I know is going to be on this show. I think it's okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm sorry for the loss, right? But Right, but it's making for great television. Yeah, right. It wouldn't be on TV if it didn't mean something. Right. <laughs> it's like they're. <laughs> it's unfortunately- not my fault. <laughs> Look, if 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 my untimely demise entertained somebody's afternoon while they were like you know doing work or something, then you know you've you've done something that most will never do in a lifetime is make people happy you know long after they're dead. So hey, hey, I don't owe anyone anything after I'm dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm dead, I'm dead. <laughs> it's like the Suli story. I don't know anybody yeah, anything about dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Change that you to your Twitter bio tonight. Yeah, right? Oh, God. <laughs> what has this podcast evolved to? This is kind of oh, what man. my show has turned into, like... <laughs> a lot of dead bodies. <laughs> well, not as much as you would think, then, no. Oh, all right. I feel special, then. Thanks. Right, but again, but this is... this is You're worried about the format and being interviewed, but again, this is what it turns into. Yeah, being interviewed about dead bodies, you know? Just... <laughs> but again, well, once you tell somebody that, you know, you're... you're the two steps from becoming a mortician it's a great icebreaker it is isn't it <laughs> that's what i do i just go up to strangers i'm like hey you know what i wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> so completely changing gears for a second because yes. i i know it's like it's always weird coming off of a talk about dead bodies yeah what, you know what... how do you segue from that <laughs> though in a worse way like literally just take the wheel and just like completely just rip it in the other direction <laughs> 
But so let's talk about life. Well, I mean, not necessarily. Well, okay, let's talk about your life a little bit. <laughs> Do you remember the very first comic book you've ever read? Oh boy. Um, or one of the first, if not the exact. Um, I grew up reading a lot of manga. Okay. Um, sorry, I was that pause was me thinking. Oh no! Um, and the sad part is, I took a sip as you said that. I'm like, oh shit! I... <laughs> this made it even more awkward. Thanks, Adrian. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> if I spill uh, my beer on my microphone, I'm going to cut the show early. Oh god! <laughs> Please don't. I read a lot of manga as a kid, and I watched a lot of anime too. <sighs> god, I don't even remember. I want to say something like, you know, I don't know, like Dragon Ball. Which is kind of a lot of people's gateway, I guess, by the time I got started. It is started, a gateway drug. I, I guess started with a lot drug. of Dragon Ball Z, but no, I think Vampire Hunter D was my first one. Comic-wise? No, I think anime. Uh, you mean comic-wise? Oh, yeah. Oh, anime. Uh... Oh, comic or anime, I guess, I, you know, as far as... But no, I don't read... And that's the thing, I suck. Like, a lot of the manga that we get as far as in this area very lacking because you know it's your standard stuff like you know your bleach or your fruits basket or, you know occasionally in the yasha but i never unfortunately i didn't know too many people the exception of maybe like my former co-host who was much into it more than i was and unfortunately i forgot to write a lot of things down <laughs> so there's like a lot of really great like obscure manga that i probably don't know of so anything that you would recommend i again okay. much like movies i'm always up for finding out new stuff okay so I did read a lot of manga, and when I grew up, like when I was a kid, right, I would have to read Korean translated versions of manga, which is extremely hard because I'm not good at reading Korean anymore. So I had to, you know, kind of like struggle a bit, but I did understand what was happening. Okay. Um, so I did get to read more than, you know, what the American audience at the time was getting. Uh, but I can't remember what they were anymore. Uh, and then a little after that, like, you know, when I was like a teenager, like very young teen, like 12, you know, uh, I know this is bad, but I read a lot of scanlations because here's my excuse for that. Okay. At the time, it was never published in America, these underground Japanese comics, yes. because it just had, didn't have a market for them. So what people would do is, you know, because they're such good people and the kindness of their heart, they translated it. And put it online, but they would also, you know, use a disclaimer like, hey, buy the comic, you know, so that it would actually would be translated in English by a publisher. And it's it's a culture. And, and actually, I think publishers are responding to that. So they start, like, picking up very, like, things I would never see in markets now, you know. So it's good for them. But I used to read a lot of scanlations and a lot of underground manga. Like, you know, like, again, sad stories or horror comics you know i used to read a lot of slice of life i don't really particularly re remember any of the names because <laughs> it's all like japanese names not translated in english <laughs> so i can't even like the words you. don't exactly exist at all yeah you know it's like in romanji or whatever so i'm like okay whatever that means but you know what though don't feel bad though because while i dabbled a little bit in manga I know at least with anime it was the same way because, of course, you had your shows like, you know, Dragon Ball and stuff like that. But growing up, at least there was, you know, Sci-Fi Channel or like even yeah. Cartoon Network. They would show anime. It's usually late on a Saturday. So it's like, OK, they could show a little bit more. So there was a time like, let's say, around 2007 until like, I would say maybe 2009, 2010. Like I pretty much was just 
an anime fanatic. But yeah, I mean, we all were, weren't we? <laughs> but the thing was, there was okay. Buy the DVDs. It's like it was like thirty bucks for one DVD that had four episodes of a show. Yeah, kind of, kind of defeats the purpose. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm into this thing. Where can I get it? Streaming wasn't that great back then, so I'm like, well, fan subs. There you go. I know. I mean, you know, bless those people for doing what they did. It was very limited back then. It really I'm sorry. was. And it's funny, like it's only a couple of years later, but thanks to so many streaming sites and that and are now producing a lot of anime, but like I'm staring at like three external hard drives that I know for a fact are full of anime. <laughs> and maybe I should have said that on the air because now of course the police are gonna like seize my property. Yeah, they're but... gonna the NSA are gonna get you. You better <laughs> you better run. But but I'm sorry, but it's like I'm sorry, like America, I love you, but our and this is going to sound so, like, anti-American. Someone's going to, like, shut this podcast down, but... Yeah, right? They're like, uh, no more. No more episodes for Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, but it's, like, where we like to pretend that we are very much like this... I shouldn't say pretend, but, you know, we like to think that we're this great melting pot. A lot of pop culture, especially foreign pop culture, hell, I mean, we have a hard time getting things with Canada over here. <laughs> So it's always tough because it's like, I want to know more about this stuff. So like I said, by the time I go out and I want to watch more Korean films, okay, well now it's a little bit easier. I could probably buy them on like on Amazon or another site or Netflix or Netflix again, someplace where it's region free or I just pay for streaming is fine. Mm -hmm. But just a few years ago, you really had to kind of be in a know and kind of hunt down things and put almost a lot more work into it than you used to. That's true. Um, so, like, you know how I told you about the uh, Korean video rental shops? Yeah. Well, I grew up like that. So any anime that, you know, the American people didn't get, I had to watch, again, translated in, you know, like, subtitled in Korean. So I really had to struggle while I was watching these, you know, cartoons. I was exposed to more because I had that. You know, it's a very specific, like, culture, these video rental stores. If that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. Because it's like, you know, as someone who was into it, as opposed to just sitting down and waiting people to sort of spoon feed you things, you had to really go out and experience the art for yourself, which I guess if that was a public service announcement. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> go out and just do it. Right? Right. <laughs> well, that's what Shia LaBeouf said. Now, here to beat us to it. Never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I read a lot of, you know, manga through a lot of scanlations, but only because I couldn't read it otherwise. Uh, so that's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but I was influenced by a lot of that storytelling-wise. I And then I went to uh, school to learn more about comics, like, you know, all smart people do. <laughs> Just expend money into comics, you know? <laughs> and I'm so poor now, because <laughs> I do what I love. Uh <laughs> And then I, like, try to mimic a lot of, like, these, like, slice-of-life manga styles where it's very slow-paced, you know? And just, like, a lot of, like, foreign movies, it's more emotion than anything. And then a lot of the time... And then, you know, I got a lot of flack for that because apparently it just didn't make sense visually. And, it you know, I was very young and I was, like, crap back then. So, I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm learning still now. But I, I took a lot of that into influence and I feel like I can do it better this time you know because I grew up and I have a little bit more experience right 
So I still use it as, you know, like reference or influence. Very cool. But again, it's it's art of any kind. I mean, you get the few who do, they're known for this particular style, they never change. But that's not fun, but I always enjoy watching an artist grow, constantly challenging themselves and doing new things. So again, ahead of the curve compared to a lot of others. Oh, no, no, definitely not. There's There's definitely a lot of, you know, people who are who know what they were doing as soon as they came out of the womb, you know? <laughs> I am just like a speck. <laughs> but thank you, I do appreciate it. <laughs> so this has been an absolute blast. Like, I'm so glad we finally got a chance to talk. And Yeah, same here. And hopefully I didn't completely just, like, wake you out. No, no, no. I mean, I'm the one who brought up the dead bodies, you know? <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I had shows where I did a rundown of, like, the Power Rangers who were, like, committed a murder. So don't worry about it. Oh, really? That I, I feel like that's a Japanese version, no? <laughs> I don't know. It was weird because one of the guys on one of the Power Rangers series, you find out, like, there was some weird case where he took somebody out with a sword on a boat. It was just very it was odd. Like decapitated him or something. Yeah, like, like, it was oh. just, like, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> See? This is what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> Asian movies or shows, they get to do whatever they want. Yeah, you don't get that much in American movies. And if it is, it's usually played up to a point where it's almost comical. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you got to care about the kids' feelings. Well, the know, kids shouldn't be things. watching it anyway. Well, I mean, unless they're into well, that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, right? Humor is violence. <laughs> <laughs> the views expressed by Adrian and Sue do not reflect those. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are all of my own. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. But again, thank you so much for hanging out. And hopefully, thank you. This is so much fun. This has been an absolute blast. And hopefully we'll get to see you at New York Comic Con. I'm definitely trying to make that happen. Or, you know, other shows. Well, I was... I, I plan on... <laughs> well, I don't know if you have as well. I was going to say before you go, um, I'm always about shameless uh, promotion, so always feel free. Anything you want to plug, anyone, you know, people want to find you online, let the good people know where they can, I guess, engage with you and also talk about dead bodies and Korean gangsters. <laughs> you got questions about dead bodies? I know, very limited. Um, well... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. That would be nice. Uh, Sue D. Lee, because Sue Lee was just taken. D is my middle name. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. You could go on my website, check my stuff out, suleedraws.com. I'm going to be at New York Comic Con this October, table CC9, and I really wish you did come. <laughs> I know it's not your fault, though. No, well, I mean, there's, there's ways around it, but well. Well, we'll see, right? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm having a few projects out. Hysterics is one of them. Uh, if anything, please keep in contact. Oh, absolutely. Well, again, I, I stalk people online all day, so <laughs> you'll definitely hear from us. And I guess that'll do it for that's just. Well, no, we'll see now, damn it. Why would I end on that? It's like, oh, I stalk everybody <laughs> online. Oh, good night, everybody. Like, no. Goodbye. <laughs> Everybody be careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that I've completely just made myself look like another terrible person, that'll do for Adrian Has Issues, uh, and we will see you next issue.
Hey guys, Adrian here. I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Adrian Has Issues. I most certainly did. But before we go, there's a couple of things I want to let you know. First off, you can catch every episode at my main website, adrianhasissues.com. You can download and stream all the episodes there. Plus, there's also a nifty section full of guest appearances. So not only do you get to hear my voice on my own show, but I also hop in on some other podcasts I enjoy, like Let's Chat with Revel and Friends, BS Excluded, Comical Podcast, The Secret Identity Podcast, and many more. Also, you can check me out at Twitter, at Adrian Has Issues, Facebook.com slash Adrian Has Issues. I'm on Instagram at Adrian Has Issues Pod. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to email me at adrianhasissues at gmail.com. Oh, and before we go, I just want to let you know that this podcast is now a member of the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. My show is also joined by many other great shows like Moving the Needle, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, Green Up, and many more. So check me out there too. And one last thing, please, if you also have Stitcher and iTunes, this show is available there please feel free to leave a five-star review and a rating. The more ratings and reviews I get, the better opportunities I have for other people to check out the show. So share and share alike, and thanks for your constant support. I couldn't do this without you. And well, that'll do it for this episode. So see you later, guys.